good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, hitting cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. They are, Robert. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we have a really important guest here uh, on today, and we're really, really, really excited to have Senator Agard on. And she is the Democratic Senate leader, and it's Melissa Agard, a Democrat out of Madison, one of my all-time favorite cities in the world. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, her tour, her grassroots tour. And I just want to say a big hello and a who here from Native Ritz Radio. It's so good to see you. I'm thrilled to be able to spend some time with you guys talking about something that's super important to me, cannabis reform in Wisconsin um, and across the Midwest. Certainly, uh, we are not helping the Midwest as we continue falling backwards with our neighboring states. Uh, and I think we're going to touch on a lot of different topics. I'm excited about it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, here in Minnesota, we just legalized it. And uh, we had uh, marijuana, that medical marijuana. And we had our tribe, one of the tribes here, Red Lake, really uh, jump on it and really move. And I think uh, personally, you know, I don't use it. Um, I've been sober for 38 years, going to be 39 years here real soon. But it's also works really well in so many different ways in the community, um, you know, whether it's mental health, whether it's uh, uh, cancer, whether there's all these things and it's used correctly, it's a medicine. And so the support that uh, I, I have in the state of Minnesota and, you know, uh, Ho-Chunk, too, uh, being a tribal member, uh, it's legal in Illinois also. Um, so it's very important, especially with fentanyl running around and all these things. Let's, let's get right into it. Um, and we're missing out on so many things uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, Senator, let's talk about uh, your mission in here and some of the good talking points about this. Yeah, so I know that the most dangerous thing about cannabis in Wisconsin is that it continues to be illegal. Um, Illinois and uh, Michigan had adult responsible usage, and Minnesota had medicinal usage for quite some time. But then what we saw um, was through the legislature, there was an action that allowed edibles and um beverages that are infused to be sold in Minnesota. And then just a few months ago, Minnesota became fully legal for responsible adult usage. So Wisconsin is an island of prohibition. And prohibition does not work um, with any substance. It did not work with alcohol. Um, and there was a point in time where in Wisconsin, margarine was a prohibited subject. People would actually take orders from their friends and neighbors and drive to neighboring states to purchase margarine because, after all, we are the dairy state. Um, and they would distribute the margarine um, to their friends and neighbors, breaking the law. And we are still the dairy state. People, I think, mostly prefer to eat butter in Wisconsin. But, again, margarine, have, having it be a prohibited substance, was not working. And... When I first introduced this bill, it was a decade ago, there were only two states that had legalized for responsible adult usage. Um, so I was really at the front of this conversation. 
Um, and it was because people were reaching out to me as a state assembly representative at that time and sharing stories about how prohibition of cannabis in Wisconsin was harming our communities. And this wasn't a, a concerted effort. It wasn't a, an opportunity where people were coming together who had already organized. They were individual stories, whether people of color who were talking about how the racial disparities and cannabis-related arrests were harming them, whether it was veterans who were able to receive relief from the cannabis plant, but in Wisconsin, they knew that they could be a felon for using that plant that grows out of the ground. Um, whether it was parents who have children with debilitating diseases, that those children with similar diseases in other states were experiencing real relief, and the parents wanted nothing more than for their children to be able to have access to that plant whether it was people who wanted to honor their own personal liberties and freedom in their own private homes and consume cannabis and be able um, to relax in the same way that people are choosing in Wisconsin um, to stop at local convenience stores and purchase a six pack or more of alcohol and drink that before they go to work tomorrow. And the stories are robust and I could go on and on for longer than we have here and continue explaining why it is that prohibition is dangerous. And so I rolled up my sleeves and started working on a bill that would um, have responsible adult use policy in Wisconsin for folks over 21 and access for folks under the age of 21 um, and above also for medicinal relief um, to use the plant. We're here with Senate Democratic Leader Melissa Agard, a Democrat out of Madison, Wisconsin, again, one of my all-time favorite cities in the world. Uh, we are talking about her tour, the grassroots tour, and I know here, and I'm, I'm, I imagine in Wisconsin it's very similar, we had 70% uh, were for this, uh, this bill and this kind of thing to tax it, decriminalize it. It's 2023. Absolutely. Um, and that's exactly what this bill would do is would tax and regulate cannabis for sale in the same way that we tax and regulate the sale of alcohol or tobacco um, in the state of Wisconsin. And it is a 70% approval rating. Seven out of 10 people support full legalization. Now, medicinal cannabis, it's even higher than that. But, you know, it's politicians that need to make that choice because in Wisconsin, we do not allow referendum questions on our ballots to change the direction of our laws. It has to go through the legislature. Um, and any policymaker, any elected senator or representative um, who wins their election with a 70% margin would be considered a landslide. And I'm not sure why it is that when it comes to policies, we see it in a different way. Um, we are more dangerous and we're less free um, and uh, we have less opportunity in Wisconsin because of prohibition. And I, despite the fact that 70% of the folks in Wisconsin, nearly 70% of the folks in Wisconsin support this bill, um, I haven't been able to get a hearing over 10 years. Wow. So I've embarked on the grassroots tour, and I've yeah. stopped at dozens of cities across the state. I'll continue um, until the weather makes it a little bit tricky to navigate. Uh, meeting with people where they are as opposed to bringing them to Madison um, so that I can hear about people's dreams and hopes, concerns about cannabis, and make sure that we get this bill drafted in the best way possible. Well, we have a lot to talk about. And one of the things uh, after this break, uh, State Senator, I would really like to talk about uh, how healthy it would be to have this happen because we have an epidemic here of fentanyl and things like that. And when it's controlled, um, you know, we won't have these overdoses and stuff. But, hey, we're here with uh, Senate Democratic Leader Melissa Agard, Democrat out of Wisconsin, and we're going to be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Right on. Hey, listen to Native Roots Radio. What's up? This is Toolman. And this is Bear Witness. And we are the Hallucination. And you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Nation. We are 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 Nation.
When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live and and let howl. Back to school season is here. And while this is an exciting time for parents, kids, and educators, let's not forget how far we've come in our battle against COVID-19. We're in a better place, but COVID-19 is still here, and we need to continue to help protect our communities. With the flurry of new schedules and classrooms, let's not overlook the fundamentals of staying safe. Wash your hands regularly and watch for any symptoms like fever, chills, a cough, or shortness of breath. Should you or someone you know have COVID-19 symptoms, stay home and get tested. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Let's have this back-to-school season be a time of renewed commitment to our collective health and brighter future for our Native communities. Again, find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they do. Hey, we're here with uh, State Senator Agard, and we are talking about her tour, Grassroots Tour. And uh, I'd like to uh, just bring in the fact that, uh, not the fact, but just in the discussion that we have an issue here with fentanyl and what better way, and I mean, people are mixing marijuana with fentanyl now, and what better way to protect people is to legalize this, and I welcome back. Absolutely. So it's vitally important that we make sure that everyone in our communities is as safe as possible, and that's why regulation of cannabis is the right thing. Um, it's a safety issue. Um, not only would we be able to address racial disparities um, that exist because of prohibition, um, but we also know that there is a very successful illicit market of cannabis um, mm-hmm. and of other substances. And, you know, oftentimes people will say, why do you want to introduce a new substance? Well, I'm not introducing something new. Actually, cannabis has been found in the tombs um, of pharaohs in in Egypt. It is something that uh, has been on this earth for a very long time and that human beings have um, had a relationship with. It's only over the last hundred years or so that it's become more taboo and we need to crawl ourselves out of that hole. Um, I lost a brother to fentanyl poisoning. And I know that that is not a unique story. There are empty chairs and broken hearts across our nation because of the fentanyl and opioid um, epidemic. And folks that are distributing illicit substances, including cannabis, are oftentimes distributing other illicit substances, fentanyl and, um, and, and the such. And we need to make sure that folks are safe. And with regulated legal sales of cannabis, we will be able to make sure that there are not pesticides, that there's not mold, that there's not fentanyl, that it's labeled, there's truth in labeling. In the same way when you buy alcohol, it tells you what the proof is. The science is there um, and it is highly regulated in legal states where you have to show your ID multiple times. We're on the illicit market. Kids um, and adults are accessing uncontrolled 
substances, and it can be very, very harmful to our communities as well as the consumers. I know Minnesota, uh, ha- their bill is over 300 pages, maybe even more than that uh, long. And so there's been intensive uh, scrutiny on this. And uh, I-, I imagine, too, you've been able to see see that bill, State Senator, that it's just not a wishy-washy, uh, let's legalize this and have a good old time. There's uh, restrictions, like you said, uh, age restrictions and uh, where you can do it and things like that. How has uh, your tour been? And I see you've been in Madison, Superior, Wisconsin, Fond du Lac, and Sheboygan. Uh, how has your tour been and uh, how's the response been? Like before that, I was in um, Platteville and Green Bay and Eau Claire. I've been in La Crosse, Milwaukee, um, Wauwatosa. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting other communities as well. And frankly, it is clear that people have questions. They want to make sure that we're doing this in a thoughtful way, that we're providing real protections for our communities, for our local governments, as well as for the people who live in Wisconsin and people who spend time in Wisconsin who may be choosing to go to a dispensary um, to purchase. But Prohibition isn't allowing us to do any of that. And the bill in Minnesota, as well as the legislation in Michigan and Illinois and the um, 20 other states, because there's 23 states that have legalized for responsible adult usage, those are pages and pages of protections that do not exist in states that have prohibition. Um, And when I point that out to people, when we're talking about education of youth and um, impaired driving, um, licensing, um, labeling, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. It is clear that we have been very thoughtful. Um, and when I was in um, Superior, I drove over to St. Paul and I sat down with advocates as well as lawmakers who were at the front lines of passing the bill in Minnesota. And, it, you know, we're asking the same questions that you all asked. And you had a very robust um, process. It lasted for a long time. It went through many committees. Lots of people stood up and put their feedback in. Exactly. We've had uh, the opportunity to have a lot of the leaders on our show. Uh, I know for many years, uh, uh, our our friend, uh, I can't think of her name or off the top of my head right now, but she uh, has been on our show a bunch of times and she's really led the way as a state representative here. And it passing was a huge thing. I know we had uh, the, at the signing, we had former former governor uh, Jesse Ventura uh, there. Uh, He was uh, really leading the way too in many ways. His wife is using it for uh, medical purposes. I I just think that it's 2023 and uh, there's so many people, especially during the the three strikes you're out uh, that are in prison now for uh, things. And Frankly, for me, being a, a Ho-Chunk, uh, it would be great to, for uh, economic development for our tribe and our nation to do something similar that uh, Red Lake's doing up north. Well, and Red Lake has been one of the um, front-end people. I mean, they, they as soon as it was legal, uh, they opened up. And my understanding is I, I chatted with some folks that were there. The lines were long. They were selling out. They were um, figuring out how to collaborate with other people. Um, and they're really investing in the prosperity of their own people, their own community. And that's what government should do is make sure that we are safe, um, that everyone in our communities are safe, um, that is equitable, um, and that we're providing paths to prosperity. Um, and you know, that's what this bill does, is it honors our own liberty. It provides more, pro- more opportunity and um, com- money for um, reinvestment into our communities to make them be better. Um, as well as uh, really lifts up the individual as well. And you know, that, to me, feels very much like um, nonpartisan talking points. Uh, and it's unfortunate that we get lost behind um, party affiliation with these conversations. Um, but it's not a matter of if this is going to happen. It's a matter of when and what the details are and making sure that with the money that is raised um, from cannabis sales and um, licensing fees, that it's reinvested in the communities that have been harmed. So in our bill, we have community reinvestment funds so that um, communities like the First Nations, um, agricultural communities, um, women, uh, people of color are at the front lines of being able to be um, 
able to invest in the industry um, and to receive those funds to equalize harm that has been done um, in the state of Wisconsin. Right. And I, I want to apologize to State Representative uh, Jessica Hansen for forgetting her name. Uh, she's a good friend of mine, but uh, what a forefront. Uh, really worked on it for the last seven, eight years, and she's uh, she's a doer. And I'm sure you've talked to her, uh, State Senator, about all the things that the hurdles. It is a matter of time that it's going to happen. And um, we need Wisconsin to jump on it because of all the, the economic development. And also um, there's going to be in the bills, there's uh, here in Minnesota, there's help for people that, uh, that need help, whether they're abusing alcohol or drugs or, or whatever. So let's get this done. What uh, I always like to uh, Senator is to get a, uh, a call to action. What can uh, people that are listening to the show, especially we're on civic media all over, Wisconsin here, we're on 20 other stations, what can they do uh, to, uh, what can they do? Can they call somebody? What what can uh, a call to action be or look like? Yeah. So, um, you know, if I'm coming to your town, please show up to one of the stops on the grassroots tour. We let people know about those on social media. So you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter um, to find out when our next stops are. Um, additionally, uh, we do have a, um, uh, a sign-on document at, that people can sign their names on and support. The, what we're asking for is for simply for a public hearing of this legislation. We're not even pushing anything more than that. So it will go to the leadership of the majority party in Wisconsin, asking them to allow us to have a public hearing. And people can find that sign-on petition on my office website. Uh, you can just Google Melissa Agard, Senator Melissa Agard, and that'll come up. Um, or um, you can find it also on our Facebook and our, our Twitter pages. Um, but ultimately, there's a lot of myths to overcome when it comes to cannabis. Um, people still seem to suffer from reefer madness. And I think that taking those myths out and being truth tellers is very, very important. Um, and really showing up for what your values are. Number one um, thing that we can all do is vote in all elections and vote our values and our morals. Um, and have the backs of people who um, are putting themselves on the line. And if you've never thought about running for office, um, whether it's cannabis or um, domestic violence, sexual assault, uh, healthcare, whatever it is, uh, please think about running for office. We need more good people, passionate people to run for office and add their voices in our Capitol buildings. Well, I want to say a big peeny geeky thank you for coming on our show. I hope we can make this more, more frequently and more often seeing that we have a lot of listeners in Wisconsin and also the good work that you're doing. State Senator Melissa Agard of Democrat out of Madison, one of my, again, favorite cities in the world. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, one more time for your website so we can get people a plan to action here. Uh, so just go to send.agard at legis.wi.gov um, and you will find us. Um, and it has been an honor to be on the show today. I look forward to coming back um, and continuing to chat with you about how it is that we make this world more compassionate um, and equitable for everyone. Absolutely. Peeny Gigi, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, really, uh, our pleasure all the way, really. So, hey, you're listening to Native Brits Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Be a vaccinative. As the fall season continues, new COVID-19 variants threaten the health of not just you, but our elders as well. These new variants might even evade previous vaccines. That's why it's important to stay up to date. The newly authorized vaccines target current variants effectively and are FDA approved for ages six months and older. But there is an important note. These are the first COVID vaccines to be commercialized, which means there may be costs associated with them. 
Speak with your health insurer about your coverage before scheduling an appointment to avoid a surprise bill. For those without health insurance, help is available. Ask your health clinic about options or visit vaccines.gov for free locations. Getting vaccinated protects you from severe disease. Don't put yourself or elders at risk. So be a vaccinative and protect our community. You can visit vaccines.gov for free vaccine locations. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. The Park Tavern is your go-to destination for fun. Your friends and your family will have a great time with the fantastic food like the pizzas, appetizers, burgers, entrees, and sandwiches, the best bowling in Minnesota, the wildly popular outdoor patio, great drink specials, all the big games on their numerous screens, and it's the perfect place for your next private event, even large gatherings for over 200. The Park Tavern is your go-to destination for everyone age 1 to 100. Come see for yourself. Have fun at the Park Tavern, Louisiana Avenue, north of Highway 7 in St. Louis Park. Hell is empty and the devils are all here again. Attend this original, uplifting, and revealing musical satire about the times in which we live. This play explores wokeism, misinformation, the colonization of Mars, spy balloons, and features parodies of President Joe Biden, former President Donald Trump, Elon Musk, and even Mickey Mouse and Barbie make an appearance. Interact's Hell is Empty and All the Devils Are Here Again offers a much-needed communal laugh and is in the spirit of radical inclusion. The performance is at the Luminary Art Center in the North Loop. It ends November 18th, so get your tickets now. Special Queer Night on Thursday, November 16th. Time is going fast, so do not miss your chance to see this original performance only available in Minneapolis. Interact Center's mission is to create art that challenges society's view of disabilities, and this performance features a cast of neurodiverse actors offering a joyful, inclusive, and funny look at our society. For tickets and more information, go to interactcenterarts.org. Hurry, play ends November 18th. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Skies clear out tonight with a low of 35, then Thursday clouding over again with a high of 49. Gotcha Mama's Hot Barbecue offers the huge taste of selections like baby back ribs and pulled pork sandwiches out of a little place. Gotcha Mama's is located just a block west of I-35W off of West Diamond Lake Road in South Minneapolis. Visit their website at scotchamamas.com. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Support honest Native news from Natives themselves. Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Well, Haley, we're super excited to have our guests on tonight. And uh, there's events happening and... Uh, we want to talk and dig deep here in the next couple segments here. And I want to uh, introduce Terrell and Terrell, you're the CEO of the boys and girls club uh, of the twin cities. And I want to just say a big hello and a big uh gigi for coming on. And then oh, we also you. have TJ too. And I, I want to get deep with what, uh, uh, what, you, what you'd like to speak about. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you right so on. much. Thank you so much. Well, let's talk about this uh, life-changing organization that uh, you guys are a big part of. And TJ, you're the director at Little Earth of the Boys and Girls mm-hmm. Club, too. So I, I, I am really excited to because uh, young ones and uh, students were, are, were my jam for 30 years as an old teacher. So I, I really <laughs> love to, well, I guess 
old in a couple <laughs> different ways, but uh, uh, sure. old teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, welcome, but let's talk about your work and what's going on. And I know, uh, Terrell, you're doing a lot of expansion too in a good way. So let's, let's mm -hmm. get going. Absolutely. Well, we're so excited to be here today. And I think really TJ's got the passion and is really a leader that I'm look, I look up to someone that our organization is truly, truly invested in. I will tell you four years ago, there was 1.5 employees at Little Earth Boys and Girls Club. And because of TJ's leadership, really driving it, we have shifted to seven full-time staff over there doing amazing, awesome things. And talk about education. I just want to do a shout out to TJ. Not only has he tripled the number of elementary kids that are part of our program, where education is a huge part of the work that we do daily, but TJ celebrated six of his seniors that went on to post-secondary school at Little Earth. And I'll let him talk more about that. But he is just my hero um, in, in really in our whole organization for the incredible work that he's done over the last number of years, especially during you know, the pandemic and after George Floyd was murdered, we were really struggling and there was a lot of trauma in our community and the, and TJ really stood up and took us to the next level, which is what, you know, you initially had talked about. We're doing great things, but we don't do it without our leaders. Right on. TJ, uh, wow. That's, uh, that's uh, beautiful to hear and uh, talk a little bit about that because uh, sometimes it's the darkest before sunrise and you really, done some good work with our young ones and getting them to uh, go to college and get degrees is huge because we're still here and we, we are power. We're here. Yeah. Um, the work we do, I mean, it's an honor. It's, it's really humbling and it's an honor to serve families and kids. Um, I grew up in the twin cities and I was a club kid for a long time. So I'm a club alumni. I actually showed Terrell my, club card when I was six years old, way back in the nineties. Mm -hmm. And so then I went my own way and found, you know, a lot of trouble. And so when I got into youth work, I just wanted to um, be the resource and the guide and mentor that I felt like I never really had. And so to have been walked alongside some of these kids for, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. And then to see them like, man, you were a middle schooler or an elementary and now you're a senior or now you're in college. Uh, um, I got three players, they're in college, they're playing college basketball. I'm like, man, to just see that, it, it makes like all the nights where you go home and wonder like, am I really making a difference? Those stories, I mean, they really what keep us going, you know? And it just, man, it makes my heart so happy to know that you know, that's how generational trauma and generational poverty and these things that plague our people so often, that's how they get broken is when someone stands up and says, I want to be the change, even if it's hard, it's lonely. Like, I remember being the only native in my university. And I'm like, I look around and I'm like, I'm not represented here. This bothers me. You know, mm -hmm. it bothers me that there's no other native people and specifically native men trying to so then to see all out of all the kids in college, out of all the six, five of them are men. So I'm like, man, that's just, wow. it makes me, it makes me want to shed tears of joy. Cause it's like, you're doing it and you're the future. And like, I tell these kids all the time, man, I didn't get my life together till I was 21. You guys are starting at 13, 15, 17. Like you're way ahead of me. You're more talented. You're smarter. Whatever I can do to just be the resource you need man, I'll do whatever I can to just help you succeed, you know? And so it, it really blesses my heart for sure. Well, you know, what's really important is, as you know, uh, both, you know, as, as well as I do is a community and the, mm. in the boys and girls club have been around a long time and there's community in that. Mm. And so I, it, I just applaud both of you, uh, so much because we are all about building community and uh terrell i think tj's got got it uh understood uh, how to do it and that's really exciting it is and i think he's one of we have we'll end up with 13 clubs by march of next year but it's the leaders it's the staff like i can't tell you how every day I'm impressed with what our what our team is doing what they're doing to lead out in a way like no other 
Um, and it's those moments too that I just have to tell like a story on TJ's kids. I got to go to the legislature with them last March and they, they've got such a great handle on what they want in their world and they've got these great solutions. And I think that's what really transforms me and my leadership and ability to continue to move on and do more for our kids. And I think that's what I would want for our whole community. Let's invest deeper and broader because the work is working. And we've seen so many great successes of people that have grown up. I mean, TJ's a club kid. They chose right there. Like he's a perfect example of somebody that comes from club. Um, and I would also say like club is not, we don't want to work in silo. We don't want to do this like just ourselves. We are so about partnership and connection and creating a stronger ecosystem in the Twin Cities. And so I think that's something for listeners to really understand. And if they want to participate and partner and do this alongside us, we are very, very open to that because we've seen that transformational like outcome happen with so many kids by us working together. Yeah. Well, it, it it's now it, the boys and girls club do more things than let's say play dodgeball. Um, <laughs> you guys are giving people opportunity to do their homework there and get tutoring help. It's, it's not the same boys and girls club that I grew up with. Right. TJ. No, it's, it's totally different. And it's, it's for a good reason. You know, kids come and a typical day is they come, they check in, we welcome them in, they get a snack, you know, they're hungry after school. Um, and then we get straight into, you know, homework, health. Um, and then from there, there's different stations that kids can do to spark their creativity, help them with math, reading levels, um, youth voice, which empowers them, art, music, podcast, um, there's just so many cultural things, you know, we've done things where we do like drum making eight week drum making class. The kids are going to literally make the drum from scratch, learn the song, sing, and then it's theirs to keep, you know, and so they can come and it's like, it's a big family. A lot of the kids here, they're like, you know, this is my second home. They view the staff as like, you know, a part of their, you know, extended family. And it's just a huge honor because then we get to meet the parents. And then we can, how can we help the parents and support the parents? And how can the parents support us? You know, and then it becomes that that tribe or that village that's helping raise these kids, you know. And then, you know, it's it's harder for kids to slip through the cracks the more connected we are. Two parents, two communities, yeah. two organizations that are trying to vie for the same kids. Um, and it's a beautiful, man, it's a beautiful thing. It is. And I want to just, uh, Carol, I... I think some schools out there would love to have uh, six Native American young men uh, going to college. So that's just, uh, that's mind blowing to me. That's what great work that you guys and your organization, Boys and Girls Club is, is doing. That, that statistic alone is something to hang your hat on. Absolutely. And I think too, um, a big Added to add to our program model this last year is we added a department that is managing all of our alumni. So we've got over 300 alumnus. So those six young people that went to post-secondary are now part of our alumni association. So that idea or TJ, I mean, he's a staff person, but he's also part of our alumni association. So that continual give back and opportunity to connect, but also support them. A lot of our, you know, young people that go off to post-secondary or they're in their 20s and they're looking for that job or that network, the club is still there for them. That community continues to be there. Um, and so for me, I've been around. I didn't come up through club, but I've been with the club my whole career. So 26 years. Um, I started at Southside Village over on 39th in Chicago. And it's now in my blood. It's so much a part of my life and my experience. And it is the reason for like a lot of us that work there, everything that we want to do and see for our community. It's like, it's really the conduit to make all of the things that we need to happen in a community happen. And that's what the commitment I will say from our entire organization is to ensure that all young people are on track for a successful future beyond high school graduation. And we hang our hat on that every day. Like that is the be end all of what Boys and Girls Club is going to do for every single young person, no matter where, like TJ said, no matter where they start, it doesn't matter. We're going to commit to staying with them throughout their entire experience well, with us. 
this is amazing, Haley. Uh, don't you think this is like, I, I'm getting emotional because there's some serious stuff going on here with TJ mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, Terrell and the whole uh, boys and club deal here. This is kind of blowing me away. Yes, I agree with you. And I think we only have just a couple minutes left here, but I really loved what you touched on TJ talking about how when kids are supported by, you know, two parents or more than one community organization and it's less you know it makes it harder for them to slip through the cracks when there's so many hands and there's so many working parts in the community that are holding up our youth and working towards giving them resources to make them uh, succeed and and successful I think that's amazing and I honestly did not know much about the Boys and Girls Club. I I was not a club member, but I, after hearing your guys' stories, and I really, really wish I did have a resource like this. So I'm, I'm happy. And our Facebook comments and everyone is just saying how much um, Boys and Girls Club means to them and how thankful they are for it. So thank you both for coming on today with us. Excellent. Thank you so much for having us and continue to do what you guys do out in the you know, talking about the issues that matter the most to our community. Do you guys have time to hang out for another segment? Sure. Yeah, I'm good. All right, you guys, Let's we are it. listening to Native Roots Radio Network presents I'm Awake. We'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. Unveil the captivating world of Native photography at the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Their new exhibit, In Our Hands, Native Photography 1890 to Now, turns the camera around and puts Native photographers in control, featuring hundreds of photographs captured by generations of First Nations, Métis, Inuit, and Native Americans. You'll view the world through their lens, revealing the beauty and complexity of Indigenous heritage. Don't miss this incredible experience. Visit In Our Hands at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, now through January 14th. For more info, visit artsmia.org. Are you thinking about college? Consider checking out Minnesota Private Colleges. These 18 nonprofit institutions keep the focus on students with small classes and professors who will get to know you. You'll find students from all backgrounds and no two colleges are alike. And when it comes to cost, they're more affordable than you think. Find the college that's right for you at mnprivatecolleges.org possible. MNPrivateColleges.org slash possible. Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? That was a that good was a good one. pack, Howell. Oh, you guys, <laughs> that was awesome. Hey, we're with Terrell uh, and TJ, and uh, Terrell. Terrell is the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of the Twin Cities, and TJ is the director at Little Earth Boys and Girls Club. And uh, you know, during the middle of this interview, I, I tend to get emotional, and you guys are doing such great work, and um. I can't thank you enough for the community and TJ. I think you got it going on there mm-hmm. with community and, and getting those young ones going. And I just got to give you just so much cred. I want to say thank you and thank you both for coming on tonight. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. It's an honor for sure. It's crazy because our program director, Laura Petshower, she said you taught at her high school. <gasps> So she remembers you. Yeah, oh probably. my gosh! Yeah, so. that's awesome. <laughs> kind of a small world. Yeah, it's totally small. I hope she had good things to say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, great. That's a say hi to her for me. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's community. And that's the circle we all talk mm-hmm. about is, you know, um, a former student of mine or a former student of yours, or, mm-hmm. you know, someone that's ter- Terrell's worked on over the years. That's what it's all about. What legacy are we leaving? And uh, Boys and Girls Club has always been a, a great organization, but uh, it's the you know, the 21st century now. And, and it sounds like you guys are really talking 21st century things. Absolutely. Well, we have to, because our kids are leading us. And I think it's not just us talking. I think the bigger thing, TJ and I were on a conversation earlier today. It's what our young people are saying. And that's what we as adults need to pay, pay a lot of attention to, because that's how we're going to get ourselves to a better place. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's an amazing statement. TJ, uh, what are the kids saying now? Um, how, it's a totally different. Doing? Yeah, it's just a totally different world. You know, I think that some of the easiest examples I can give are, uh, you know, growing up, my mom told me you'll never make money playing video games. Right. And now we know the esports industry is a billion dollar industry. So we have a whole part of our club here that is dedicated to esports, but not just kids playing games, mm-hmm. learning and, and partnering with on November 9th, we're going to T wolves gaming at the mall of America. Um, and they're a pro, they're a pro 2k team. So they play 2k professionally, but they want to partner with us. And we've done this with multiple other organizations. How can we teach kids the technology industry? So that they don't just play video games, but they could be the next person to, you know, work at an IT company or develop games or build the computers or be the photographer or, you know, the person who runs the website. And so trying to get kids to invest in what they already love and then just guiding them and pairing them with people who are already in the field doing it. And then, we, you know, we partner with these organizations. They're like, man, we would love nothing more than to come in and talk to kids and whatever we can do. You know, buy some pizza, donate a couple gift cards, share my story. <laughs> like, organizations love to do that. And so, you know, it's just a no-brainer. You put those two together, and it's it's just success waiting to happen. So, Well, you, uh, you got to give you guys uh, uh, some credit here because, you know, we, we hear our young ones but not everyone really hears them and listens. So I got to give you guys a lot of credit there because yeah, I mean, there's gaming tournaments that people make a million dollars, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and who would have thunk that when they would say, put your phone away. I'm talking. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, even just the way we do programming, it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be sit in a classroom in a circle or in a row of chairs. It can be interactive. It can include media and technology. It can include getting up out of your chair. Maybe we don't even sit down at all. You know, so as a basketball coach, when I run our Passport to Manhood program or some of our mentoring program, I just do it right there at practice. While we're stretching, while we're circled up, let's just have a discussion about what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be responsible? What does it mean to be a protector? And then you're killing two birds with one stone. And then the kids are already having fun. They're already doing something they're engaged in. I really think that way of learning is like really, really what kids value and, and how they learn best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Terrell, uh, it, it's like a, a, the, the, a pebble thrown in the water and the ripple effect. I, I imagine that you've seen so much over your years, but also with this great organization that TJ is running in Little Earth, mm-hmm. that it's going to come back tenfold and and the future looks bright because of that you know pebble in the water effect absolutely we see those kids and i think just even the graduation moment that we all had together and it was you know not just tj's club but that was a huge one because tj and i had really we talked for a lot of years about our about our sadness that these these kids were struggling so much so to get to that point and now they're the they're the leaders that will like uplift that next generation or that next, you know, those juniors that are looking They're they're focused on who just graduated. So that ripple effect can directly impact those kids that are in the club right now um, and really uplift 
more and more to see that as a possibility. I think it's just kids believing in themselves and know that we're going to be there for them no matter what. It doesn't matter at the Boys and Girls Club. I used to say when I ran a club is every day is a new day at a Boys and Girls Club. So like whatever you did yesterday, that's okay because we're coming back and we're going to do it. We're going to do it this way today and we're going to be there for you to get it, get through what we need to to get you to the next place that you need to go. So, you know, and that's why TJ is such an amazing leader because he does it every day with his kids. Absolutely. Carol, just to give a brief update of, uh, of the clubs that you uh, look over here in the Twin Cities, let's uh, name a few because we got people listening to this all over and maybe they don't know there's one in their community. Absolutely. And I will say there is no cost to join a Boys and Girls Club. So everything is all inclusive. You just have to sign up. The one thing we do ask of our kids is that they provide service to club or community. So be a volunteer, do something to help others is the one thing we ask. So we've got um, Jerry Gamble in North Minneapolis, everybody knows. Um, we've got two school sites. Patrick Henry has a club, Olson Middle in Minneapolis. Southside Village, which is right up the, right up the street um, from Little Earth on 39th in Chicago. Um, and then we've got three clubs in St. Paul. So if listeners on that side of the river, um, we've got East Side, we've got Mount Airy, and then the Allensmeyer West Side in the west side of St. Paul, um, as well as Richfield. So if we go further out in the suburbs, we've got two clubs in Richfield at schools, middle Richfield Middle School, Centennial Elementary, and then way out where our kids go to camp um, in Mound, Minnesota, we actually opened a club there as well. Um, and then the, the 12th is in Elk River, which was an ad. We took over a club that was used to be part of another organization, and that just opened this fall under Boys and Girls Clubs of the Twin Cities. Wow, that's exciting. Hey, we only got a, a few minutes left here. TJ, um, you get, well, one minute, as uh, the producer just said, gave us uh, the one finger up. Uh, TJ, what, any last comments here before we let you go? Um, I just appreciate y'all having me on the show. Um, I really consider an honor to do the work that I do represent my people. Well, I'm Red Lake band of Chippewa Indians. Um, and you know, I just, I'm really, I'm all for the community and collaboration and partnership. And so I'm just, I'm just honored to be here. So appreciate y'all. Yeah. Pina Gigi, we really appreciate boys and girls club and what they do in the twin cities and all over turtle Island. Thank you so much for being on. This has been Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Wake. Thank you. Hey, we are still here. We are the next generation. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, and free mm -hmm. Leonard Peltier. Now. Hey,